by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Acts chapter 2, verse 46, says they worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper. And they shared their meals with great joy and generosity. You say, Pastor, are you really reading that scripture again? You've read it about 20 times lately. (laughs) Maybe that's for a reason. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. You see what happened? Do you see what happened? They worshiped together like we did this morning. They met in the temple. They met in the homes like we do in the life groups. And all the while, they were, we were praising God. And we were generous with our giving. We were doing what the early church did. We were doing what God wants. We are going to have oil in our lamps when the Lord comes back. And it says, each day the Lord added to their fellowship. Those who were being saved. Are we in position as a church to see growth? Are we in position, are we the church that God can trust to send the lost to? You know we are. You know we're going to love them when they get here. You know our hearts are right about the lost. We pray, give us the spotted and the speckled and the bruised and the broken and the downtrodden and the downhearted. Send them to us because we will love them, Lord. And each one of us plays a part in loving those people and having our hearts ready when the Lord wants to send somebody our way. And that's what we're going to talk about today, keeping our hearts in position. And I got good news for you. We are in position. Passion Church is in great position for the harvest to come here. We will fulfill these banners. I guarantee it. Because we're going to keep our heart right before the Lord. We are a very, very special church. I don't hear a lot of amens going on. Y'all ought to be excited than me. I just invented a new word, excited her. That's how excited I am. I'm excited her than you. <laughs> well, anyway, I'm going to read you our goals for 2023. Every year I put together church-wide goals. Our department's heads, they come up with their goals for their departments, and, I, and uh, we pray and put together goals for 2023 for the church as a whole. Now, I'm going to admit, a lot of times... In the past, I have presumed on the Lord's part. I put together goals, say, Lord, we want to have at least 12 people at prayer every Tuesday night. Or we want to have this many people in our life groups. Or we want to have the children's church filled. Or we want our people, you know, we want to have this many people come to our Sunday services. But, you know, we plant water, and it's the Lord who brings the increase. And sometimes I I look back at the end of the year, 
And I look at my goals and I say, well, we didn't make our goals because I was presuming on the Lord's part. I said, what I need to do this year, what I'm doing this year, is I'm getting back to us doing our part. If we will do our part, then we know the Lord will do his part. So here's our goals for 2023. Number one, to have a year of fresh fire. A year of more. Number two, more desire for things that we are responsible for. There's God's part and there's man's part. More desire for the things that we are responsible for, such as praying, obeying, worshiping, loving, making disciples, inspiring, and keeping oil in our lamps. These are the things that we're going to get back to concentrating on. Say old school. These are old school things. These are things that the Bible says will work, and they will work. Number three, to have more faith for the things God is responsible for, such as the increase. Yes, we do have a part to play in God doing, uh, bringing the increase. We, by faith, have to receive it. God is moved by our faith. Number four, continuing to believe God for the three Ps. Anybody remember what they are? It was in our goals last year, and I often pray about them, talk about them. God's power, God's presence, and God's people. I put it on the goals again this year because we ain't through praying that out. Because if we have God's presence and God's power in this building, we will have God's people. This world out there, is there, they're hungering for the things of God. They don't know it's the things of God they're hungering for, but I can guarantee you that's what their soul is longing for. They come through those doors, and God's power and God's presence is here. Oh, my goodness. We will have more than enough of God's people if we can have God in the place. So we're going to continue to make that a goal, to pray for that every day. The three Ps. Number five, create more invite opportunities. Things that you can invite your friends to. Number six, spend more time with the leaders. That's one for me. I'm gonna, I, I, I say I'm going to do that every year, but I'm going to really try this year to spend more time than ever with my leadership, leadership development. Number seven, pray for more laborers and an increased desire to win souls. Number eight, be more thankful and more generous. I'm just going to tell you right now, if you got a bad attitude and life just seems <clears throat> to you, try being thankful. Try being generous. And turn that ship around. Number nine, keep things simple and walk in more peace. We're not trying to complicate your life here at the Passion Church. We're trying to bless your life. And everything that we do and will do here is designed to help you around that wheel, to help you become a better disciple of Jesus. We're not here just to take up your time and to put things on your calendar. And number 10, celebrate our victories and enjoy the journey more to be that warm, fun-loving family that, that's our culture. We're going to celebrate more this year than we ever have before. We're going to find reasons to celebrate. You let me know if something good is going on in your life. We're going to have more testimony services than we ever had. We're going to celebrate the victories that God has given us. Because what does that do? That creates that thankful heart. 
That gets us moving in the right direction. That makes us value the things that are important to God. So that's what we'll do. Those are my ten goals. What do you think? Can we do that? Old school stuff, isn't it? Do you remember in the Bible where it tells about the choice between the two Jesuses? You're saying, what are you saying, Pastor? Well, Pontius Pilate had Jesus come out. Jesus the Christ. Jesus the Christ had been going about doing good, loving and laying down his life for his friends, teaching, healing all that were sick, delivering all that were oppressed, giving his life as a ransom. It was all about other people. And now they'd turned him over as one of his own disciples had betrayed him. They had beat him with a cat of nine tails within an inch of his life. They had mocked him and spit on him and pressed a crown of thorns down on his head and put a purple robe on him to mock him as they brought him out before the people. And he's barely able to stand as he's standing before the people. Never having wronged anyone. And Pontius Pilate, being the governor, the decision maker here, the judge, he knows that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all the people that, that had shouted, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, were now shouting crucify because they were jealous. So he didn't want to condemn this man to death, knowing he was innocent. He stated three times that this man is innocent. I find him guilty of nothing. This is the Roman. This ain't even a Christian. He says, but it is my custom to release to you each year one prisoner as a sign of goodwill. The Romans would do that for the Jews. And he had a man named Jesus Barabbas. Now, Jesus Barabbas, he was called a zealot. And he had been imprisoned for starting an insurrection. He had drummed up a riot. And in the process, he had killed somebody. So he was a murderer. Was he necessarily a bad, bad man? Was that the life that he, you know, would have chosen if he wasn't so zealous for Israel? We don't know. Is it bad to be Zealous for your homeland? No. But the thing about these two men is that Jesus the Christ went about changing Israel from the inside out. Through the heart. Through love. Through giving oneself. And Jesus Barabbas Trusted the arm of the flesh. Well, we'll just kill those Romans. We'll overthrow them. We'll run them out of town. We'll destroy everything they try to put together. We'll put a secret task force together and we'll drum up riots and all these things. And it reminds me a lot of how in the American church today, Many churches are turning to politics to change the world. Thinking that they can change the world with a politician or with a, with a vote or with 
having the best news programs. The church is losing its way. We will never win the world playing the world's game. So there was a clear choice. Which one do you want released to you? Jesus the Christ or Jesus Barabbas? And the world chose Jesus Barabbas. The pride in the human heart always saying, I can do it. We can do it. Let's do it by our own human means. We don't need God's way. God's way doesn't work. Let's do it ourselves. And they do it in the flesh. And I submit to you today, that is still the choice that we make as a church going forward. Will we continue to do things Will we choose Jesus Christ or will we choose Jesus Barabbas to do it in our natural strength? Question is, who changed the world? Which one changed the world? They chose Jesus Barabbas, but we don't hear from him again. And we're here today to worship Jesus, the Christ. I don't know what it is about us. Sin is just a, some evil stuff. I mean, James and John, two of the disciples, were walking with Jesus for three years when one town in Samaria wouldn't let them come through. And they said, Jesus, you want us to call down fire from heaven and burn them up like Elijah? <laughs> and Jesus says in Luke chapter 9, verse 55, he turned and he rebuked them. You know, I hear talk of civil war today in America. Let's just destroy those Democrats or let's destroy those Republicans. Let's get them out of here. Let's hate. Let's, let's divide. Let's put them, put them in their state and we'll get in our state. But that's not God. That's not Jesus Christ. He turned and rebuked them for wanting to call down fire on the Samaritans. He said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are from. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And he went to another village. He just kept moving on. But he didn't wish ill against his, his enemies. He didn't come to destroy his enemies. He came to save everyone. Because listen, we were all once his enemies. And I'm thankful for Jesus the Christ and his ways. It's the love of God that brings man to repentance. You're not going to argue him into it. You can't put them in a camp and try to forcefully make them rethink the, their, the world. It's love that touches the heart. And man is changed from the inside out. And it's Jesus Christ that will change the world today.
Amen? And that's the kind of church we are. I saw a church in Hernando the other day as I was driving by on their sign out front. Now, I usually, I shake my head when I see those signs because they're usually something so corny. It's like, could you not put a scripture on it or something? You know? It's like something about knee mail or something. You know how they do. It's just like so corny. But I saw one I liked. It said, cut off the news and love your neighbor. That was good. <laughs> that was real good. Because if you watch the news, you'd think we was all about to kill each other. Everybody's against everybody. But the reality is when I go into the marketplace or when I go somewhere, I see people going out of their way to try to be nice to each other. There are forces trying to divide. There are little Jesus Barabbases running around behind the scene trying to stir things up. And we got to be careful who we follow. As for passion, church, we choose the Christ. We say, release unto us Jesus the Christ. Amen? Amen? Does that make sense? Well, I thought I'd go into seven ways we choose Christ in 2023. Anytime I put seven things on something or another, it's just the seven things that the Lord gave me this week. Doesn't mean it's a comprehensive list. <laughs> I mean, we could be here for, for the rest of our lives. But these are the things that I feel like the Lord wanted you to hear today. Are y'all ready? Number one. Seven ways we choose Christ in 2021. Number one is we faith forward. Faith forward. Let's focus, let's focus on achieving and more focus on believing. Like I said, there's God's part and there's man's part. And we're not called to be achievers, we're called to be believers. Not to say that we don't give our best, not to say that we don't work hard, that, that we're not excellent in the things we do, but we don't put our faith in the arm of the flesh. We put our faith in God. We do works because we have faith. We don't have faith in our works, so to speak. And you know what faith does? Faith follows God. Faith follows God. It puts his plan into action, not ours. So we're going to follow God's plan as a church. Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes by hearing, and hearing how? By the word of God. Who's called the word of God? Faith comes from Jesus. Faith comes from from the Word of God. When we read, by, when we hear the Word of God, it creates in us faith to do the Word of God. If I'm up here preaching something besides the Word of God, I'm not building faith in you. I can't get up here and preach politics and think that you're going to change the world. By the power of God, you're just going to get upset. You're going to turn negative. So we, we have to stay with the Word of God. We have to preach it. We have to read it. We have to believe it. 
and we have to put it into action. We're not following some manifesto somebody wrote along the way, some extra book. This is the Word of God, and we put it first and foremost, and we will do God's plan for our church. You say, I don't know how. It doesn't say about what Passion Church is supposed to do. And you're right. God puts each member in the body of Christ where he sees fit. You're here because God sent you to be part of this church, if, unless you're a visitor. If you're a member, this is where God placed you because you have special abilities and gifts that this body needs to accomplish the special purposes that God has for this special church. And, he, and our church is not like the church right across the street. They, may have a, they, may, they follow God, but God gives them their directives. God has clearly given us his directives here. And this is what we are to accomplish. Get people around that discipleship wheel so that we can change the world. And so our faith must be in what God wants us to do. And a lot of times... It can seem like we're spinning our wheels. I'm sure it's felt like Joseph was spinning his wheels when he was down there in the pit and then when he got thrown into jail, right? It seemed bad for a long time. It's like nothing's happening doing things God's way. But it was character building. God was building character because he was going to raise him up to rule the world. Don't you, don't you for a second Start thinking bad about small beginnings. Getting down on where we are numbers-wise or whatever. It's what's in here that counts. And you have the heart of a warrior, every one of you. I can look at every one of you or heart, have the heart of a warrior. We are a very special church. And we will accomplish what God has called us to do. And he's building the faith in us. Now, this is the building ground right now. This is when we're in the gym so that when we get out there on the field, we will be victorious. Don't you get down about anything. We are exactly where God has us, and we're not moving. Unless we're moving on up <laughs> to the time. All right? So... I was going to tell a story. I've had people come to me since I've been pastor and tell me how I ought to do things a lot better. <laughs> pastor, you know, we could grow this church if you'd listen to me. Seriously. And I don't mind if you've got an idea. I'm not stifling ideas. I, I will pray about your idea. But sometimes people... They say, well, I saw this. I was at another church, and man, they had this program, and it worked, and it brought people in, and then they did this, and if you'll listen to me, we'll grow this church. And then I have to humbly, very humbly, explain that, look, dude, this ain't my church. I don't make the decisions around here. Jesus does. Jesus said, I will build my church. He didn't say, I'll let you have you a little section of church over here. This is Jesus' church. And so I'm not doing anything unless Jesus tells us to do it. I know it may sound like a good plan, may work for a little while, 
but it's not going in the direction that Jesus wants to go. And we're going to stay with Jesus. Amen? Even when it don't seem to be working, it's working. Even when it don't seem to be working, it's working. And I want to I ask you this. I know all of you, this is home folk here now. You are my brothers and sisters. Can we all agree, to get anybody to agree on anything, I could say, can we all agree these chairs are purple? And there'd be three people saying, oh, it looks real to me. But, but this, is even, this is even more factual, more evident than these chairs being purple, what I'm about to say. And I want to see if we can all agree that this is God's house and we will not be able to, to do what God wants to do without his presence and his power. I hope you agree with that. Now, to me, that's self-evident. To me, that's cut and dry. But there are a lot of churches that don't really want to move a God in their church. Whoa, now. Because, see, God, he has mysterious ways. They want to do what they want to do. I'm Jesus Barabbas. I'm in charge. They want to do things their way. They, they like their churches. We don't want new people to come. If they, they'll be bringing kids, we'll have to start a nursery. Right? There are, I have seen a church, it just irks me that this church is back in the middle of somewhere, and it is a beautiful church. They ain't got a sign one on the street. They don't want nobody to come there, I guess. I, ain't, I don't even know the name of the church. They have their own little social club back there. But I, my brothers and sisters, I beg of you, we may not totally agree on what's God and what's not, and we, we, we may butt heads in the future a little bit, but can we agree that we ain't going to get this done without him? Can we, can we agree that we are not going to accomplish what God wants to accomplish without him? Okay, so, so can we bear with one another as we learn what it is that God wants out of this church? Can we stay together even if we make mistakes? What if, I know you think I'm perfect. <laughs> I, I know that's a lot. But I know you wish I was perfect, what I meant to say. But what if I make a mistake? I make them all the time, you say. I know. But I'm trying to faith forward, baby. I'm trying to faith forward. Even when I fail, I'm trying to fail forward. So we ain't going to have it perfect. I'm not saying I know exactly what God wants us to do. But I know he has the answer. And I think we can all agree to that. And if it ends up not looking like the church you, was, you went to when you was young, or your grandmama told you the way the church ought to be, are you willing to put down your human pride and go with Jesus? There was a time Jesus looked back at his disciples and said, are all y'all going to leave? The true disciples kept on walking. Will you keep on walking? I believe you will. You wouldn't be here today. Don't get me to preaching. 
Oh, I've already started. <laughs> First Corinthians 2, verse 4. Come on, my lovely bride. She's like Dory back here. She forgets she's supposed to put them up. She's new at it. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. This is Paul talking. He said, I ain't out up there to try to impress people. It needs to be the Holy Spirit through me. And it needs, a, it needs to be a demonstration of His power. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Is your faith in the power of God in this Passion Church? Do you hunger and thirst for the power of God in this Passion Church? Are you willing to, to get outside of your constraints of what your mind says church ought to be and let God be in control? I know that is scary. I know that is scary. Look, I'm going to be honest. Sometimes when we, we're a full gospel church, in case you didn't know, and sometimes charismatic things happen here, and half of you about ready to leave. I don't want that in my church. I can't bring visitors here or whatever. I understand your position. I do. I understand your position. And then the other half is like, woohoo! I can't wait to the service where we're running on top of the pews and shouting. Some of you are praying for it with your whole heart. And I understand your position. But here's the thing. Unless we learn to get the love and the respect and the honor, honoring one another together, we're not going to have any of that. I just want to get us on the same page. Of, we may not know how it's going to look. And I'm not saying we're going to be all flamboyant. The last thing we want is to be flaky and for visitors to come in here and say that's a flaky church. But if they come in here and it's the real presence of God, it's the real power of God, they won't leave. You won't be able to kick them out. They'll be here every day. I promise you. So stick with it. As we make mistakes, as somebody tries to minister in the gifts and, and fails, fail forward. Keep pulling for you, one another. Keep believing that God is going to manifest himself in this place the way he wants to. And keep praying for the humility to receive whatever it is that God has for Passion Church. Because it's his church. And I cannot, in good faith, Allow it to be anything else. The reason I'm preaching this here today is because you are Passion Church. Not a visitor in the place. You are the Passion Church. Whew. Psalms 127, verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builder who, who built it labored in vain, I don't want to give my life to something and look back and say, oh, that was just works of the flesh. God said, you never, ever, you never even gave me a say in my own church. 
You didn't let me be me in my own church. You never even got to the first, first base. Did all this labor for nothing. And that's the way many churches are in America today. They are meeting faithfully every Sunday. They're giving. They're singing hymns and songs together. And God ain't been in the place in 20 years because they give him no say. That's just number one, but we're going to move on. <laughs> what time is it? The time is now. Number two, love and harmony. You see, love, God's love brings harmony in discord. God's love covers a multitude of sin. God's love will get us on the right page so that we can sing beautifully together. Some of us are singing a baritone or a bass or something. Some of us are singing high. But when we come together, we put those different voices together in a harmony. I'm telling you, it can be so beautiful. That's what love is. Different people from different walks of life that come together with one heart and one purpose to see God's will accomplished. That's who you are. Singing together. Put your voice in here with me. Don't just say be warm and be fed, but really love somebody. And I'm just going to be honest with you. Love costs. When somebody calls you at 3 o'clock in the morning, brother, can you come get me? I got a flat. Cost you to have to bring somebody some food when they're sick or drop their kids off. Or love cost. But it's always worth it. Just keep loving. Just keep loving each other. And that means everyone. Not just the people you kind of agree with or the ones that you you get along with. Like I said, there's a whole lot of personalities that, oh! There's like some oil in the water in the house, right? I bet you everybody in here can sit and think of somebody else in this room right now that they don't really get along with. Oh, am I meddling? And some of you like the different preachers. I'm of Apollos. I'm of Paul. I'm of Cephas. Some of them says Bo Cephas. <laughs> no. Look, we can laugh, and that's what we're supposed to do together. If our personalities clash, look, pray. Because love covers a multitude of sin. Love and believe the best about somebody. Most of the time, the reason we clash, we never really got to know each other. And if you have legitimate conflict, what does the Bible say do? Go to one another. Work it out. Look at your neighbor on your left. Say, work it out. Me and you, after church, we're going to work it out. Matthew 5.46 says, If you only love those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you're only kind to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are perfect even as your Father 
in heaven is perfect. You are to be perfect. Now, you say, I am far from perfect, but you are to be perfect. You are to want to be perfect. You are to say, okay, I'm, I'm feeling this way about this person, but I'm not going to go talk about them behind their back and stir up a whole bunch of other stuff with other people and bring other people into my feelings. I am going to get before the Lord. I'm going to pray for my enemies. That's what he was saying. Pray for your enemies. If you'll pray for your enemies, you'll begin to love your enemies. And the quickest way to pee in the pool that you got to swim in, to discolor the water in a church is for you to have alt against somebody and you don't like the way they do it, and you get over there and you start telling five or six other people, man, watch what, when, when pastor's preaching, and watch what they say, and watch, watch this. That brings strife and division. The devil loves that. You are, you, I know you, are, you got a halo most of the time, but you, you're carrying a pitchfork when you do that. You are, you, people, good-meaning Christians who thought they were so right about the way they feel about somebody else have caused this church to, to split. Have churches gone under because of that? We can't do that. You know, I'm like, I feel like the parent driving in the front seat and reaching back with a, with a what do you call it, a flip-flop. Y'all stop all that fighting back here. You know what I'm saying? We eradicate strife and division. We work it out. Say work it out. That's what we do. We work together in love and harmony. Three major tactics of the devil, if you can't tell, is to divide on pride. You think you know the way things are supposed to be and that person ain't doing it, so I ain't doing, I ain't doing nothing with them. Number two, to swipe and to isolate. That little zombie maker in your pocket or in your purse. I know teenagers right now that can't look up. Their neck's permanently in this position. And you talk to them and they, you're trying to ask them a question. How old are you? Uh, 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 I don't know. They have no social skills. But they can get to the latest TikTok video in a nanosecond. So he's trying to isolate people so that there's no... No togetherness. And God is trying to create togetherness. And then, then he's, the other three thing, the other third thing he does is keeps us busy. That we get so busy with our jobs, so busy with our this or that. Now there's times that things come up and you can't, you have no control over it. But to be honest, all of us, we have to, we have to actively take control of our lives or else the devil will do it for us. You can't just say, okay, I'm just going to see how things go. No, you have to actively prune your life. You have to say, this is not fruitful. Get rid of it. Now, I know everybody in here has, is feeling the pressure of all three of these things. To divide on pride. I don't know what your pride may be. You may be prideful to be a Christian and you hate sinners. That's wrong. You may be prideful because you're a Republican and you hate Democrats. That's wrong. You may not be actually hating the people, but I'm telling you there is a pull. The devil is trying to divide you against somebody. And every one of us has got a screen, pretty much. There's a few. There's a few that have escaped the zombie maker. 
And all of us in this crazy world are tempted to be busy. And busy does not mean fruitful. Okay? That doesn't mean you're producing anything. It probably means that you've just got your hand to the plow and you're going to look up one day and wish you would have lived your abundant life. So, I don't know if we'll get through all these today. Faith forward, love and harmony, walk together is number three. Jesus walked out life with his disciples. He just did. They didn't, they didn't have horses, BMWs. They walked life together day in and day out. And, and so we're trying to be that church in Acts chapter 2, that, I, that first scripture I read, that we meet together in the temple and we meet together in the homes. And we got our life groups coming up this semester, starting not this, this week, but the next week. We got two wonderful life groups. Please go to one. I know you're busy. I know you, you, you tend to want to isolate. Are you divided on, you don't like this person leading or that person? Pride. But make time. We've got to actively take steps towards the fruit we want in our life. It doesn't come naturally, okay? Please find the time to sign up for a life group this week. Please. And I, I, I promise you, you will be glad you did. Okay, number, let's see, number four, be fruitful. Jesus says, I must work while it is daytime. We do need to have a sense of urgency about producing fruit. God's original command was to be fruitful and multiply. So we need to be about winning souls. We need to be, get back to inviting people to church. I used to just yell at y'all when I'd look up and want to do an altar call and there'd be no the lost people here and no visitors. But that wasn't working. So now I'm pleading with you. Please invite people to church. Don't quit on that. That's where, people, that's where people's lives are changed. Uh, and, and there's a whole hungry world. The, the fields are white to harvest with people who need this peace and joy that you have found in Christ. They're, 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 they act like they don't want to hear from you, but they are begging somebody, please invite me to church. Deep down. And they don't even know it. So you be the one to invite them. And if they say no, keep inviting them. And we're going to find ways this year to reach out to our community. Uh, COVID has put a stop to several of the major outreaches that we have done in the past. And we're not going to let COVID stop us anymore. We're going to find ways to reach out. Number five, be joyful, prayerful, and thankful. That sounds good. And the funny thing is, is all three of these work together. Do you want to be joyful? You need to be thankful. To be thankful, you need to be prayerful. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 puts them all in the same passage. It says, always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. Why? For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So say joyful, prayerful, and thankful. And then number six, be a fire that inspires. Jesus has inspired me since the moment I met him. Everything I see that he did, that he wrote down, and that he does in my life is a, creating a fire within me 
to live a glorious life on his behalf. You see, God knows who's sincere and who's just playing church. And we don't, we don't ever want to get into a rut where we just come into church, just going through the motions. We have to check ourselves every now and then because our default is to slide back. That's what I'm saying. Get back up. Get back in the fight. Create that fire. Pray. Be joyful and be thankful again. Jesus hates lukewarm. In Revelations 3, he tells the church at Laodicea, I'll spit you out of my mouth if you're just going to be lukewarm. He said, I'd rather you be cold than lukewarm. Rather be, I'd rather you be hot. <laughs> he said, I'd rather you be hot or cold, but I, I hate lukewarm. Because see, if you're cold, then you're going to begin to shiver and you're going to know it and you're going to look for some warmth. But if you're lukewarm, you're like, Oh, this ain't too bad. I can just slide on through 2023 and 2024. And I just go to church and I do the things that's expected of me. But there's no fire down in the hole. You see what I'm saying? Check yourself for the fire. He said in Revelations 3.19, I correct and discipline everyone I love. Talking to that church in Laodicea. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. Revelations 3.19. Turn from your indifference. Some of you have gifts that you know you're supposed to be using right now. And you're not using them. And this is a good time for us to put all of our resources together. And make 2023 what it's supposed to be. And then seventh, the last one is celebrate. Because that's what we'll be doing when we start putting all these things together in our life. We'll have every reason to celebrate. And God loves to celebrate. Jesus celebrated even on the night he was betrayed. He was celebrating the Passover with his friends, sang a song and everything, knowing what was about to happen. He knew celebration is important. How would your life be this year if you if you decided to faith forward, you decided to believe again, to put your faith in action, to, to put works behind your faith, you begin to love again. What are these other things? Faith forward, love and harmony with your brothers and sisters. Man, if we could get that going, that would be so beautiful. Walk together. Be fruitful, joyful, prayerful, thankful, a fire that inspires, and just have a lot of celebration. That sounds like a 2023 that I want to be a part of. Not that divide on pride and swipe until you mummify. Let's do things different. You want different results. You got to do things God's way. Let's close with Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58. Did I mention how much I love y'all? And, and I thank y'all for bearing with me. Sometimes I don't even want to bear with me, but y'all do. Isaiah 58, verse 6. Now, that he's talking to a people that have been indifferent their sacrifices have been their 
not their best. He's talking to a people that's just going through the motions religiously. And he says in verse 6, this is the Lord. No, this is not the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free. Remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry. Give shelter to the homeless. Give your clothes to those who need them. And do not hide from your relatives who need help. That's the kind of abundant life Jesus is trying to get us to partake of. And then it says in verse 8, then. Say then. What does then mean? It means This is what's going to happen because of these things. That you do those things, then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. Your goodness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. That sounds like moving forward, the Lord's got my back. My salvation is here. Hallelujah. Then when you call, the Lord will answer. Yes, I am here, he will quickly reply. Remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumors. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness, and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing stream. And some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities. Then you will be known as a rebuilder of the walls and a restorer of the homes. You will be known as a generational curse breaker. You will be known as the pillar of your family. You will be honored in the gates. And you will be spoken of for generations to come. She was the one that broke the curse in our life of alcoholism. She was the one that turned our family to Jesus and put us in the land of the blessing. He was the one. Then you will be known as a rebuilder of walls and restorer of homes. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Don't pursue your interest on that day, but enjoy the Sabbath. And speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day. But, but everybody else don't come to church regular. Well, then they don't get the then. They just get a little bit. Honor the Sabbath and everything you do on that day, and don't follow your desires or talk idly. Then the Lord will be your delight. He says, I will give you great honor and satisfy you with the inheritance I promised to your ancestors, Jacob. I, the Lord, have spoken. And what better stamp do you need on a passage of Scripture but I, the Lord, have spoken. You want to know how to have a 2023? You go back through there and say, do your part and then say, okay, then. Which Jesus do we want to be to the world? Do we want to be Jesus Barabbas? Just playing church in the arm of the flesh, tearing each other down, hating our enemies? Or do we want to be Jesus the Christ, 
loving the world, being a world changer from the inside out. Love is the power. Love is the force that we choose. We say, release unto us Jesus the Christ at the Passion Church. That's what we need. That's who we choose. That is who we are. Father, I thank you for these hungry people. I thank you for my brothers and sisters that you, that you have such great plans for, that you put us together so that we can work things out. We can keep moving forward. And we can let love rule the day and faith cause us to move forward into the promised land, into the blessing. It was the murmurers and the complainers that walked around and died in the wilderness. But we're going across. I declare afresh and anew that 2023, we're going across. We're going across. We're not going to see it from afar. We're going to live it. We're going to be it. And your vision shall be a reality in our lives personally and in this church as a whole. We are together on this, Lord. If we, if we leave with anything, Lord, I remember... I believe every person in here agreed that this is your house and we can't do it without you. And so whatever your plans are, we're going to try that. We're going to go with that. This is your house. and We make that confession. Say, this is your house, God. I'm willing to humble myself for whatever you have for us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.